Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book and don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the show. Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. It's me, G, and as usual, I am joined by the lovely Ola. Hello. And Miss Bethany. Hello. How are you girls doing today? Did you just call me Bethany? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> it's your name. <laughs> Only when I'm in trouble. <laughs> Well, you're it's your God-given today, name. Bitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm good. I'm just getting over COVID. I still have like that brain fog, which I think I'm going to have for a while. And I can taste things again, which is Ooh. really fucking exciting. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> You've reclaimed a sense. Good for I you. I know. I'm so happy <laughs> about it. I still can't smell anything, but I can taste stuff. That's weird. Yeah, it actually really is. I was like, why is everything so bland all the time? And I made Josh <laughs> eggs the other morning and he was like, there's so much salt, I can't eat this. <laughs> How are you, Betty? I'm good. I'm, I was also sick, but I had the flu. Oh, but sucks. I feel like my flu was worse than when I had COVID. Really? That's what I was saying. The flu yeah. was so bad. My flu was way worse than having COVID. Except from I didn't get the privilege of taking 10 days off paid by the government to recover. No, you I didn't. I had to work through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was sad. So um, I'm starting a petition to bring on flu payment. Of course you fucking <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you need it. Do you have stickers? Six days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I should. You need a I rich start. guy to buy them for you. <laughs> you need banners and stickers and pamphlets. Everybody's yeah, just got to find a rich so guy because she doesn't yeah. want a piano. She wants stickers. <laughs> yeah, I do. I want stickers and I want a petition for me to get my sick days back that I had to take from having the flu. So Nice. nice. Well, you two were sick in bed all weekend. I went skiing. I had a great time. Oh, <laughs> <So. laughs> just fuck you then, Jay. <laughs> it was really fun. I haven't skied in 15 years. And I actually picked it up again pretty quickly. I was really proud of myself. Got a few good runs in. Only ate shit like a few times. So it's a good result. <laughs> good for you. Yeah. Betty what and else I is were new? fucking dying and you were yeah, living you like best life skiing like... down mountains in New Zealand. The most, yes. Some of the most beautiful mountains in the world. And we're yeah, just dude, it was amazing. There. Yeah, I we know. Fucking, incredible there. We went to Oha which is right next to the Southern Alps. You could see Mount Cook oh, on the drive up. Oh my God, I'm so <laughs> jealous. I love it there. And it was a fucking beautiful day too. So it was real hot up the mountain because it was like the sun was out. It was like 15 degrees. It was hot. It was really good. That's not Springs, hot. But in, uh, in your mountain when you're dressed up in all your fucking kit and you're doing like the most exercise yeah. you've done in two years, I was I was sweating. I was like <laughs> wet underneath. All I had was like a thermal in my snowsuit and then like a jacket. And I'd take off my jacket and I would literally, I put my hand down the front of my top and my chest was wet. <laughs> like I was one of those, um, so sweaty. The way bikini, that New Zealanders say wet is very uncomfortable. Wet. 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 <laughs> very wet you should be a bikini <laughs> skier have you seen them i should be and i'm a real snow bunny at the moment because i have dyed my hair white 
for all of you at home. Questionable if it's white. It's very blonde. It's very blonde. It's like a silvery grey, golden, sometimes blonde. Yeah, Yeah. it is cute. I dig it. I'm bringing back my, uh, I want to devolve back into my blonde bitch high school phase. So I've decided this was the best way to go about it. Well, good for you. Yeah. I just got a text from my mom. Sorry. And it says, day three of Operation Chunk. <laughs> what? I don't know what. What is your mom on about? I don't know what the rest of the message says, but yeah, my mom's on day three of Operation Chunk. So. Is, she like try- is she trying to gain weight? Is she trying to, is this like her diet thing? I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. That's pretty funny. It is. All right, today we are talking about the Collide Duet by Gail McHugh, Collide and Pulse. So we'll start Another off with our... fucking week that she didn't know it was a duet. I didn't know, and it was the third <laughs> time in a row. every single fucking book today, after this, and we're going to work out what the fuck you've done. Well, we should have done that. <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> I, it's like, I honestly don't mean to. Like, I look at these books and I go, oh, great, a novel. <laughs> and then I just, like, I don't even notice that there's a second book. I don't know what's wrong with me. You'd be a person who would be like, we're doing Zodiac Academy next week. And you're like, it's just one book. And then eight books later, we're <laughs> fucked. Literally. And we got 24 hours to read them. I feel like I consider any series that is less than, like, four books is just one book, really. That's a problem, especially for a podcast when we have to read that many books already. In a week? It's also just, like, not true. (laughs) It's just, like, not one book. (laughs) This one felt like one book because it just picked up exactly where it went off, where it left off, and it was just, like, it just (laughs) really went on. Yeah, it was one very long book. It sure as shit went on. We will go around and give our ratings for Collide first, and then we'll go around and do Pulse, I think, because I have a feeling that we, there's going to be a bit of a discrepancy. Do you have a feeling? I honestly thought I was going to gouge my eyes out. I was messaging Betty going, have you read the second book yet? And she's like, no. And I'm like, prepare yourself. There was she a was lot. Like, it's okay. And then a bit later, she was like, what the fuck? It was not good. It was fucking terrible. It was worse than Detective Daddy. Oh, my God. I honestly got turned off reading after I read the second book. I stopped reading. It turns people off reading. Okay, wait. First book was great, though. Read the first book. The first book book was amazing. Yeah, the first book is really good. It's really good. It was a really good book. Okay, we just need to, like, clarify before we get into ratings. It should have just been one book. She could have wrapped it up with just like three more chapters instead of a whole nother book that was longer. It was longer than the first book. And I don't actually know what the story was. It was it was just about her being pregnant. I know, but like what was the story? (laughs) That was it. There wasn't. (laughs) That's just like big. It was kind it's kind of one of those books where it's like aggressive love vomit. Well, it's like smart mm. no plot, but like smart no plot books only work when they're like a hundred to two hundred pages, not six hundred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but there was no smart for like a lot of it because he was yeah, like, then, I don't want to fuck you. But then the other half of the book was like just smart. Yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah, it was weird. It was like 
the whole, like you could have just gotten rid of the pregnancy, just had them reuniting, and that could have been the whole book. Like there shouldn't have been. It could have been like, like a novella. Could have been like an extended yeah. epilogue novella. Yeah. Just for yeah. everybody to get or their she like. Could have just added one chapter in the end, being like, knocked her up. Yeah. It's my baby. <laughs> That's it. Or they could've, she could. She could have just made collide two books, and it just extended it a little bit. Or, no, she could have made it one. Shit. She could have cut. <laughs> Cut a she lot literally of sh- could have cut out the whole second book and at the end of the first one being like, I went to Mexico and found him and we fell in love and yeah. that's the end. I reckon and that's then, where it should have ended. And then it could have had an epilogue. We had 10 babies and a big house. Instead yeah. of fucking 20 questions, marble or granite? Like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of cute. Should we be rating this before we get into like the full No, but yeah, just, just saying, because like – if she really wanted to keep in like the whole like pregnancy confusion section of the second novel, she could uh-huh. have cut out a lot of misunderstanding from Collide and then made that the primary like yeah. um, plot point Stop, yeah, of the plot point of the book. Like so she could have still had like the cheating and like the thruple like situated with what not the thruple, love what triangle. It? Love triangle, that's it. And then and then gone into the bit where she's like, I'm pregnant and I don't know who the dad is. And, like, mm. that could have just been one book. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, it was a mess. It was a mess. <laughs> okay, well, let's go around and we'll rate Collide because it was a good book. So let's just start off on a good note, shall we? <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to give Collide, I reckon it's like a solid four to four and a half, I reckon, read by itself. It was good language. I liked the this smart writing was really like evocative i think mm. it was like steamy as shit so liked that what about you ola what was your rating for collide, collide got four yeah just four <laughs> did what it needed to do cool <laughs> Betty, i'd probably like 3.5 to four stars for me for collide I, I liked it but we'll get when we get into the least favorite parts i'm I'm just going to go off on a little bit of a tangent. I'm so excited because I have one too. <laughs> no, but it's like Don't not it's it. not necessarily like anything to do with like the book being bad. It's just like I don't yeah, I'll get into it. Okay. Fear. <laughs> now let's write pulse. Now let's write pulse. I think pulse is going to probably get The thing is like the the writing wasn't bad like the characters were fine but there was literally no point at all for this book like it was just filler for so much time like they reunite at like the beginning of the book and that just should have been it so pulse for me because I do just believe it is a little bit of a waste of time that's like a two that's generous (laughs) (laughs) that's the worst rating I've ever given on the podcast and you're saying it's generous yeah are you gonna give it a oh, one? God. Yeah, I sure shit am. I almost oh I was going to die when I read it. Probably because my patience this is probably very biased. My patience is very low. I have brain fog. I needed something that would keep me entertained. I had to force myself to read this book. Like physically had to force myself to keep reading it. However, I did give it a two on good reads because I didn't want to be a bitch. Nice. <laughs> George, George is such a George just the, like universal language sign language of that's understandable. <laughs> 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 
So yeah, that's my Did- writing. <laughs> nice. Um, I yeah, probably just like a toe. It like wasn't yeah. a bad book. She's not a bad writer. It just she's not a bad writer it was just a bad book <laughs> in my opinion pulse takes away from collide Hunter. like like reverse you are, drive. yeah yeah i think like if you were going to read these books and you definitely should read collide read collide but then just read like the first couple of chapters of pulse like just when they reunite just read that and that's all you need you don't need to read the rest of pulse like you could literally just read up to the point where they reunite and you're done you don't need mm. any of that other shit. It's it's a lot, and I don't know. Everyone, it's like it's too complicated. It's too complicated. But also like <sighs> insanely simple at the same time. Like so simple mm. that it was boring. Yeah. But you could tell that she was just like pulling ideas out of thin air as she was going. Should we say all of this in our least favorite parts instead of just shitting on the book for the no, first? No, because I actually minutes? I like actually have a least favorite part outside of just the book being like an, shit. like a scene. Like you have a scene. <laughs> oh. Okay. so dramatic i know i am going to struggle to summarize this book i attempted to earlier i have three sentences written down so <laughs> well you know what in all honesty it doesn't need much it doesn't need much i don't you need can to go do it in one detail. sentence yeah it's a very like simple <laughs> jesus i know i'm really rough today i'm so harsh it's not you what i mean are. i'm actually really oh normally God. the nice one what the fuck is wrong with me you today? are normally you were giving us like looks normally you're going i know like, i know <laughs> i feel terrible but honestly i have dnf'd one book before this and i really wanted to dnf this one but i knew i couldn't because we were doing it on the podcast but i loved collide I What's did. the bet? I get a text like twenty minutes before the episode's Asking meant to, to go out, being out. like, "No, I think I sound too mean in this episode. Can you <laughs> fix it? <laughs> Can you tell me no, if I sound actually too mean. we were way too rough? You know how many times I've asked Betty to edit shit out that I've said and she hasn't done it? Yeah, really <laughs> she just fucking ignores me completely. I'm like, she'll never leave. Do not put this That's in funny. the episode. And I listen to the fucking episode because I don't get a response, and it's all fucking there, outlaid, and everyone <laughs> knows everything. It's because she's dramatic. She'll be like, "Oh, I sound so mean. People aren't gonna like me." You and guys I'm like, literally oh, suck it up. Just then, when I said what I said. <laughs> I know that in half an hour I'm going to message you and go, please edit this shit out. I'm going to leave it in. Yeah, I know. I'm really sorry to the author. I am not normally this mean. I'm just, I'm really tired and I've got bad COVID brain and I really struggled to get through your second book, but your first one's amazing. Yeah. I I just redeemed myself. I'm good now. You can leave it in So maybe, maybe at the end of the day, I was right and we should have just read the first book and just ignored yeah. the fact that it was a Wish- do it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I was actually right how like, we in would my brain. If we didn't read the second book and we didn't know what happened. That's true, actually. Just left it at that. What, what are we, fucking Greer Rivers? <laughs> just ignoring books. <laughs> Dude, I still think that's like that's such like a weird habit. Like that is like so some psychopathic shit, eh? Yeah. Like just like, it's never a fucking power a move. It is. It's oh, a hardcore power like, move. I wish I had that willpower. That's nuts. Just be like this Anybody universe that will has continue that to exist. Just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the plot of the book. So, 
this I picked this book because we had never done an adultery book book before. I thought it would be a little bit fun, you know, a little bit of tension, a little bit of a little bit of sauce on the side, if you will. I'm excited so, to hear everybody's opinions about cheating. Yeah, me too. Me too. They're actually, okay, I do also have a okay, I'm just gonna okay, I'm just gonna say this as well. I wanted like a genuine adultery book for this. Like I wanted her to actually have two people of the same caliber to pick from, right? Like not just a love triangle, but an actual cheating one. But then I didn't realize that they made that she like the original boyfriend was gonna be like an absolute dickhead. But then it's also like, of course she ends up with the guy that she's cheating with because he's amazing. But I actually wanted to have like some proper tension. I wanted I wanted angst. No, I thought he was good, but I still thought that he was like showing some red flags. Oh what Dylan at the start. No. Yeah, he definitely Gavin. had some red flags. Gavin. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, some. he definitely has red flags. Yeah, but he had red flags. Not as much Dylan. as Dylan. Shit. <laughs> if you didn't see those red flags. <laughs> yeah. Holy I'm God. really okay. upset. One sec. Sorry. I'm just really upset about the way that they spelt Dylan because that's just not how you spell Dylan. Oh, what? D I double L O N? Yeah, it's just not correct. episodes go you pick out something that is just so fucking ridiculous and i sit here just watching you thinking this is the dumbest five minutes of my life but i appreciate you and i love you but who cares well you can't you just have to put up with it because no i don't know how to fucking edit an episode so you're stuck with me <laughs> you just That's like I don't, i'm like the least replaceable one here so <laughs> it, yeah you are you're like the least you actually are <laughs> Well, thanks for making us feel fucking wanted. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I love you. You're so funny. Oh, one of my favourite humans. So we start start with Emily, our main character, our main female character, and she is moving to New York from Colorado after her mother has passed away from, like, terminal illness. I think it was breast cancer. I think it was breast cancer. And so she has this boyfriend, Dylan, who lives in New York, but they've like been together since he went for like a trip with their roommate's brother and they're all friends and they started dating long distance. And so he's like, I'm going to fucking move you out to New York. And she moves in with her roommate, Olivia. And everything seems like all good. But then after she moves to New York, Dylan starts to show some of his true colors. Like he gets drunk a lot. He keeps on saying that he's like working late, but it's like real suspicious and her roommate Olivia like fucking hates him because her brother like works for the same company that Dylan does and she's like well my brother never have fucking has to work this late like what do you think he's doing he's always cancelling on her he's always just being like a bit of a dick and then you kind of find out later that there's this girl that he's been sort of like fucking around with while they've been long distance but Emily just sort of like closes her eyes and pretends not to believe it because he's done like a lot for her like he was there for her throughout like her mother's illness and death like he's paid for a lot of her shit like he paid for her move out to new york and stuff um and then her mother like like a few days before she died was like hold on to dylan emily you never know when you'll find a good one like that again so she really like (laughs) takes that to heart (laughs) it's really intense but anyway emily she's moved to new york she's like loving it so far she gets a job as a waitress and on her first day the bus like the delivery boy quits so her boss is like oh yo on the end of your shift can you quickly just run this like just a few blocks down the road to one of our customers and she's like yep sure no prob 
goes to the office building, gets in the elevator with this super hot guy who it turns out has ordered the food and he just wanted an excuse to ride the elevator with her and like try to get her number. And she's like, no, I have a boyfriend. And he's like, oh my God, give me your number. And she, he's like, he's like, what's your name at least? And she goes, Molly. It's just a fake name, just a terrible fake name. And what does she describe? And she goes, like, um, Mr. Tall, Dark and Absolutely Fuckable or something. <laughs> like That's how she describes him to Olivia later. And then she finds out that that is Gavin, who was like a mutual friend of the whole group. So she hasn't met Gavin before, but yeah, he knows everybody. So he finds out that she lied about her name and shit. And it also turns out that he's friends with Dylan, but he gets all like weird because he sees Dylan not treating her right. And he's like, yo, bro, you better treat that woman with respect. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's a really, it's a really, really bro book it is like yeah. super broed out i reckon and so all of this like real like weird shit starts happening where like they know that they're attracted to each other but she's like i love dylan dylan is my future and so and it's just like it's, <laughs> Sorry. it's pretty hard to read <laughs> because dylan is so obviously like a fucking asshole like he, he's like genuinely just absolute trash but yeah, so there's all this like tension stuff where Gavin will be like teasing her and like getting her all worked up. And there's like multiple times where he like backs her up against a wall and gets real close and like breathes in her ear. And eventually they fuck because I can't remember the reason why, but something happens with Dylan. Dylan's like an absolute asshole. Oh, Dylan starts getting like proper abusive. So he starts like telling her like what she can wear who like her friends can be all this stuff like getting like real angry with her yeah there's like that bit where she's like they've gone swimming and he's been like i hope you haven't been too revealing around my friends like yeah and she's gone swimming with like gavin's niece and nephew who were like like, a three-year-old twins like it's so weird and then yeah it gets all he's like he's like i just don't want any man looking at what's mine and it's like bro chill the fuck out like you're the one that's fucking around not her and then she does fuck around though but yeah. he deserves it yeah and then shit gets like super weird we're like so she fucks gavin they have like a whole weekend together just in you know having sex loving each other they like tell each other that they love each other i guess it's been months like it's been building up and then she leaves and while she's gone gavin's ex-fiance shows up at his door drunk crying with the story about how her dad is like committed suicide so he's like fuck well i can't be like a total asshole about this so she sleeps on the couch and then in the morning emily shows up with bagels to surprise gavin she's like let's have our first you know love in love breakfast together i'm gonna surprise you and guess who opens the door in her underwear the ex-fiance gina nothing more new york than bagels oh my god good locks and schmear Fuck! I love it. <laughs> Alright. it down I'm enough. I'm so hungry right now, but Lox and Schmear is fucking everything to me. You're just saying no. absolute gibberish. The fuck are you talking about? Schmear is the cream cheese and the Lox is the salmon. So cream really? cheese and salmon. Bagels. No, because Lox is... No, that's not right. <laughs> it's Lox and Schmear. Mm. the fuck is wrong with you get some culture you're like a fucking cartoon character what the culture of <laughs> new york city yeah it's so cultural <laughs> in new york city the... i'm not oh saying anything to that 
leaving that alone. I'm going to let everyone cancel Betty on their own. I have heard the term schmear before. Of course yeah, you've heard of schmear. It's like a verb. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've heard it or as a schmear. verb. Not as a noun. Just, Just looking it up. Just okay. Lox is a fillet of brine salmon that may or may not be smoked. Lox is frequently served on a bagel with cream cheese. Anyway, is a Yiddish word that refers to spread that goes on a bagel, as in cream cheese. Yiddish, bitch. Please continue. Don't fucking ever get me started on that shit. You've ruined my whole flow. You've ruined my whole flow. All I said was lox and schmear and Betty, you're fucking high-handed. Nobody says that in New York when they obviously do. Okay. She has bagels and who opens the door but Gina Gavin's ex-fiance and nothing but a t-shirt and underwear. So Emily, of course, is instantly like, oh my God, he just stomped all over my heart. What did he say? He was like, she was like, I'm just another void filler for him. <laughs> just a filler's void. And then she leaves in a half. Gavin never even knows that she was there because he was in the shower. And then Gavin finds out that she has agreed to marry Dylan. So he's like, what the fuck? I haven't heard from Emily in ages. And then he finds out that, yeah, Dylan's like asking him to be one of his groomsmen in his wedding. And so Gavin is like, what the fuck has happened? Tries to explain to Emily that like nothing happened. Gina just showed up drunk, blah, blah, blah. And she just flat out refuses to believe him. Everyone around her gets kind of pissed about it. Like her, like Olivia and like her friends being like, well, Dylan has obviously cheated on you like a million times and you like, and you believe that he hasn't. Whereas Gavin, who is a good guy, tells you that he didn't do anything and you don't believe him. And there's just all this shit goes on. It just turns into chaos. Emily's like super unhappy. I don't even know why the fuck she's marrying Dylan. Like she could just be single. At this point, I feel like if she didn't want to be with Gavin, she should just be single because being with Dylan is just a terrible, terrible mess. And it's like... The night before their wedding, I think it's like their rehearsal dinner and Gavin gets real drunk and he's like one of the groomsmen, he shows up and he makes this speech and it's like super targeted and Dylan's all again, starting to get real suspicious, like takes her home and they have like, he has like weird, like coerced sex with her. She's miserable. She figures out that like, this is not what she wants. And she goes to find Gavin who has flown to Mexico on his private jet and thrown his phone away. And that's where Collide ends, with Gavin going to Mexico with no way to contact him and Emily just thinking that he's just ghosting her. Like, he just doesn't want to hear from her because she's left him, like, a million messages and his brother has and all this shit. And that's the end of Collide. And that was, like, so much work just for one. Are we doing (laughs) the the part? Are we doing the parts? Now and then do the synopsis of polls, or do we do the synopsis of polls? Do polls, it's three, <laughs> just do polls, but like it's yes. briefly. Pulse, it's really. Okay, I am gonna keep this very brief. Essentially, she finds out he's in Mexico from his brother, goes to Mexico, they get back together, they're happy, they come home. She finds out she's pregnant, she doesn't know if it's Dylan's or Gavin's because it her pregnancy conception date was like in the week that she cheated on dylan with gavin that original like long weekend of love and they had and then there's like just so much shit goes on dylan finds out and he starts sort of like blackmailing them to like come to the doctor's visits and stuff then they find out that there's like a blood test that they can do to figure out who was the father of course gavin's the father because it would be just there would have to be like five more books if dylan was the father 
There's this really weird chapter in Pulse that I just need to mention. It's like a whole chapter where she wakes up in the morning. They're at the house in the Hamptons with all the family. She wakes up in the morning and Gavin has gone out to get milk on his motorcycle and it's raining and then he like gets into a crash it was a terrible crash it goes to this whole thing she's like fucking real pregnant she's like really fucking pregnant she's like three weeks away from giving birth and she's just found out that Gavin is the real dad Gavin like dies in the hospital it's like super emotional it, like describes like the wailing of his mother realizing that her son has passed away like it's really intense and then in the next chapter it's just like Emily woke up with a start. <laughs> it was just a fucking dream. Like, it's like, this is the shit that makes this book just filler. Like, it's just filler. Yeah. That's all it is. But anyway, yeah, then they have a baby and everyone's happy. He proposes. They get married in the epilogue. She tells him that she's pregnant again. He builds her, like, his her dream house upstate and everybody lives happily ever after. And that's all of Pulse. Oh, That was beautiful. 600 pages into <laughs> one paragraph essentially so yeah didn't need it all right should we start off with our with our favorite parts of collide yeah we can do that yeah. all right do you want to start us off bit yeah i think my favorite part is you know how i don't i've got a dis- distaste for alpha male type characters mm-hmm. um but I actually quite like gavin he's like the first alpha male-esque type character that i actually like because he's somewhat emotionally in tune like he's not super dramatic or like uber egotistical like he's got that alpha energy but he's also like very um emotionally mature and it was it was quite lovely he's quite a good character and i think that's just my favorite part of the book was just gavin i think he's a good character i like reading about him nice nice Fair i'm enough. happy with that. i really like gavin too yeah what about you Ola? what was your favorite part um my favorite part was the way that the author expressed the red flags with dylan i thought that it was done really well like with a good timeline it wasn't like from zero to 100 immediately it was like gently kind of pushing through the red flags and then obviously the volcano happened at the end when he beat mm-hmm. her up which is what happens like that's how yeah it happens oh, I, I forgot think that to that mention was portrayed. that that happens yeah so he beats her up on the wedding day that they were meant to have because she decided to leave him um and I think that that portrays exactly how domestic violence works and it was done in a tasteful way and yeah, I thought that was really well written. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree with that as well. Because like Collide, I think on my phone, it was like 550 pages, which is pretty long for a, for a book. Not as long as Pulse, but still pretty long <laughs> for, for a book. But I think you really needed it because you got that time to like really build up the storyline to the point where it did hit that breaking point. Like it didn't feel rushed. It, you did like dylan like a little bit at the start like just from like the first few chapters you're like oh dylan's all right maybe he's just like a little bit shit and she just really slowly pushed made him the agenda really that he shit. was yeah, yeah. he was a dick i think my favorite part of collide is sort of plays in with it as well is just like the stark contrast even though it's really subtle at the start between like how emily feels around dylan compared to gavin i think especially because they go to that party in the hamptons at gavin's house the first one that they go to and like 
you just see like Dylan like getting drunk a lot and like just sort of being like quite controlling but Gavin's just like so nice to her and she can just like breathe around him be really chill and I just really liked that like as she was sort of like slowly draining like the love out of Dylan she was like at an equally slowly paced like building up that sexual tension and love for Gavin which I really liked it was really good I reckon yeah that's true like it was kind of like a seesaw a bit where yeah it was back and forward and like she did that really well as well like you didn't know where it was going to end up you didn't know how it was going to go like was she going to end up with Dylan or Gavin you know I would like to find us in the future one day like a really good like I reckon I reckon it'd be like a real like heartbreaking actual like cheating novel where she loves them both like equally like where one of them isn't a dickhead I would love that (laughs) <laughs> that's what I want to mm. find of course you do Freaking what were our least favourite parts <laughs> I, lo- I love it hurt me baby hurt me um, in the first book I think my least favourite part and I said this about Detective Daddy as well I don't like books written by third in third person I find it really yeah. difficult to read it's not it really for me is where I can't connect with the characters that's my biggest mm-hmm. issue with it because I feel like I'm watching a story. I'm not a part of it. That's a really good point. I think as well, like when we first started reading Collide, I was talking to Betty um, and I was saying like the fact that not only is it third person, but it's dual perspective at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of having like a chapter from like being like, Emily felt given blah, 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 like all this, it goes one right after the other, like in the same in the same space chapter. like it took it took a bit of time to get used to like Into the it. flicking between mm. yeah but it worked like it after you me... got used to it it was pretty good yeah it worked but I also felt like I didn't connect as well as I would if it was in first person present mm-hmm. that makes yeah. sense yeah I think that was my least favorite part for both books honestly because they were both third person yeah. but I liked I disliked more things in the other book but that was the only <laughs> thing that I really disliked in this book what about you but that's What's a your preference least favorite part? sorry um I hate the I hated the way that she wrote Emily Emily was just a fucking wet blanket she's <laughs> <laughs> sucked she was such yeah, a she shit. wasn't she was just not a good character yeah at all and I really disliked the way that they wrote her she was just a sounding board for the things that were happening to her. Like she, she had, wasn't. Yeah. There was there was like, like I mean, like more at the beginning when she had a lot more freedom over herself, less like the end. Like more at the beginning when she had the opportunity to leave. Yeah. And like things were different. Like she just wasn't written well at all. Like even towards the end, like even just like. The writer, like it wasn't particularly like the character itself, but the writing of Emily was just not very good. Like she didn't yeah. seem to; ha- she wasn't ever her she own really person. Had a personality, exactly. That's what I writing. mean. Yeah, like she did. She she didn't do anything wrong in any of the behaviors that were presented. Like she was not in the wrong in anything, and there was no reason to deserve anything that happened to Emily. But like, um. It was more like, like the writing the of her. Setup as in, like, of the character had... wasn't amazing. I, I can no, she just that. there was nothing like if coming away from the book, I could tell you everything about Dylan and everything about like Gavin and who they were as people, but I couldn't give you like 
a comprehensive like character profile of Emily because she just wasn't like present in her own story yeah it, it was more like she was just used as a device to further the plot as opposed Rather to being, being the main plot yeah. yeah and also yeah. yeah just on top of that just the end the ending of the like just I don't like books that throw in random essay out of nowhere <laughs> like it's not the premise of the book it was like just at the very end the the dub con like sex scene oh uh, yeah like, yeah just came out of nowhere i don't think it was dealt with very well and then it was just completely forgotten about and it just like wasn't yeah. a part of the story oh, the book could have been yeah. equally as good could the book could have been equally as good with just out that like random trauma dump because it's yeah. not addressed oh, the one between the Dylan book. and Emily, the last yeah, just scene. Yeah, the night very yeah, but that was yeah. kind of weird how it was ignored. That's true. It was just it's just, just never it's, just... Yeah, it's just sort of addressed like where it's like in the next morning in the shower she's like scrubbing her skin or whatever because and but all she feels is like shame for herself for like and that's all that's mentioned. But then but then she's like, I'm deciding to let go of it all and give my all to Gavin and then Especially it's just because throughout of the like throughout the book they toy with the idea that she often feels guilt for not being able to provide sexually for Dylan. Like she's often referencing that she's like, why can't I just give him these things when he's been so good to me? And then they just throw in this random dub con at the like end. And then they don't talk about it and they don't address it in the second book. And you don't know how she feels about it very much, or she don't know how she deals with it either. And it's like, if you're going to have something that serious in to end the book, it can't just be used as a way to make one of the characters look worse. It mm-hmm. needs to be something that the other, like the person that it's happening towards, like it needs to be something that progresses them as a character. And that kind of loops it right back around to like, who is Emily as a character? Like she is just some someone that things happen to, to further the plot, good and bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, like she doesn't like nothing, have a whole these- lot of agency. All of these awful things happen to her, but they're not addressed correctly. Like, they're portrayed correctly, but they're not addressed as in, like, she never heals from it. She just finds another love and then mm-hmm. ends up pregnant and happy. But, like, she doesn't yeah. recover from all of these things. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, no, I definitely get your point for that. I think, honestly, my least favorite part of Collide was just. After, like, after she cheated with Gavin and then that all got, like, turned to shit because she thought that he cheated on her, I just don't understand, like, why she went back to Dylan. Like, just by, from being with Gavin, like, she had already kind of ended the relationship, you know what I mean? So it's like, like, why, why would you go and, like, marry this person? It is a cycle and I get that, but I just feel like she had had, like, enough of a development with Dylan to get to the point where she decided to be with Gavin, like physically and like, or like to say she was going to leave him to be with Gavin. So I just feel like at that point, why would you like do a complete 180 and then turn around and be like, no, I love him. I'm going to marry him. Because it's like, it you came massive, to the decision like by yourself. No people have been in that jump. situation and it's been shocking, but it happens. It happens. Yeah. And it makes sense. Yeah. I wasn't shocked by that. I was like, it's going to happen again. And I'm surprised it didn't yeah. happen more. That's the thing. Even after... Like more flicking up, back and forth. Yeah, I'm really surprised that that didn't happen again in the second book. Like I was expecting it to happen because that's what happens. Yeah. 
I guess that is kind of thing. Like if it is like an like an accurate portrayal of what like yeah. of the cycle of being in like an abusive relationship with somebody is like, then I guess it does make sense. But I think just as a reader, like you just get you're like, yeah. oh, why did you do that? You know? Yeah. Because she's like she was so obviously unhappy. Like everybody was unhappy. Like she would. Like, everybody would have been happier herself included if she had just been single. But I guess that is also the point as well. It's like maybe the only reason why she felt confident enough to like leave Dylan in the first place was because she was gonna have Gavin. Yeah, that that's literally. That's you that. will find that a lot of people jump from relationship to relationship when they come out of this situation. Yeah, that's very. It was like it's it was actually kind of a heavy book. Yeah. It was. <laughs> It was also really steamy, though. Okay, let's just put it out there. There was some really good steamy things. Oh, it was things. hot as Which shit. leads us into our favourite steamy favorite, scenes. Favourite sex scene. All right. What was your favourite sex scene, Betty? Um, so it was a scene where Emily had – it was the morning after. So, like, they'd spent the weekend together, and it was, like, the morning after where he, like, gets a call, and she's like, it could be your mum. And she's, like, teasing him. And mm. – you know, and then I don't—I can't remember the quote, but it's something like, um, "She like gets all dressed up, and she's like, today I'm the predator, and Gavin's the prey." And she like—he's <laughs> like sat at his office on his laptop, and she walks in in her like sweatpants. She just like takes her pants off. <laughs> you like you like that power move. I was like, "Oh fuck yeah!" And he's like, "You look so good in those glasses." Like it was a great scene. I actually really enjoyed it. it yeah, she's so- like, "Leave the glasses on." That's actually my favorite scene as well. But I do have a second one. So thanks well, for just stealing like, it, was, it. It was like the contrast. It was like the contrast of her being in charge was like kind of super sexy. Yeah. Um. I think that one was my favorite scene as well. I thought that that was really hot, but I think my second favorite scene and not because it's sexy, but because it made me really love Gavin was when she was drunk and he was like, I can't do yes. this because you're not in the right frame of mind. And I want to make sure that this is exactly what you want. And then she was like, it's because you don't like me. And then he makes out with her next to the car and he's like, we'll do this when you're not drunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which she calls him like schmixy. Oh my god, that was cringe. That was like the cringiest part of the whole thing. And it like went into the next book and it went OTT in the next book. Yeah. Yeah. The schmixy shit. Oh. I think my favorite part, it wasn't even a sex scene. It was just really, really good for like tension. Like I just thought it was like amazing for tension. I love a good like build up of sexual tension as when like she's meant to go out shopping with Dylan and they wind up at Gavin's house because he needs Gavin to like sign some papers. And then there's like this random girl there that Gavin has obviously had sex with and they all decide like. to go out to lunch. You know, it's oh. just like <laughs> And they all decide to go out to lunch and like the whole time like Gavin and Emily like staring at each other and like Gavin keeps on making all these like super like, innuendo comments and like they're just fooling the other two and I just really I don't know I love that like danger thing and then like is it later on and he like pushes her up against the wall and he's like and he's like you know what's happening here and uh, I like it I like it <laughs> no 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 <laughs> yeah because so he gotta like <laughs> and then she she pretends to be all like angry about the girl being there but really she's like I know you want me because I want you <laughs> Beautiful. Is that your sexy voice? That's my sexy voice. That's the one I pull out when I'm trying to seduce someone. Your voices. We need to do like a full bonus episode of just G's voices. (laughs) I I don't even think like, do I do this many voices in real life, Betty? I don't think I do. 
I don't think I've ever heard you do a voice. <laughs> it's only it's only when I'm trying to retell plot. These are the voices that I put on. This is what I imagine these people sounding like in my head. Oh god. <laughs> oh gosh. All right, and we've got Pulse as well. Mm-hmm. We're going to start off with our favorite part of Pulse. I can do this easy because you explain the you scene. You want to do it? And it's just okay. It's just the scene where we think Gavin's dead. Okay. <laughs> Favorite part? <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Because I was reading the book and I was like, where is this going? What's happening? You've got like it's like a good solid like 80% of the way through the book, right? And you're just like, oh, okay, well, I'm getting a little bit bored. Like I hope it wraps up soon. And then all of a sudden, Gavin's dead. World's ended. And you're like, oh my god, what's just happened? And then she's just like, it's a dream. Like a cop out. Actually- what a fucking cop out. I agree with you, A, because I was like, oh, this is how they're going to make it more dramatic than Collide. Like, he's going to die. Like, they're going to find out that it is his kid, but, like, he's going to die. And then she has to raise the kid alone. But it's going to be, like, sad but beautiful in this, like, really, like, moving way. But no, it was just a dream. Yeah, just It's kind of like. Is that like your guys are so That's your favorite part? No, (laughs) it's going to die. I don't want it to die. I'm miserable. It was just like, it was my favorite part because it was just fucking ridiculous. It would have oh God, made the, the book actually ridiculous. seem like a lot more genuine though, eh? If he had died and she went on this like journey of like finding herself while raising this child and realizing she didn't need a man, I'd be like, ah, oh, five stars. What a great yeah. book. Because I would have been like, get it, Emily. You've like redeemed yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that didn't happen. <laughs> what about you, Ola? What was your favorite part? Um, the, the title. Epilogue? <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know. I just, like, you know what? It was cute. Like, it was a very feel-good kind of second half, but Mm -hmm. it just wasn't necessary. So, I don't, like, if it was condensed, then it would be great. I feel. Yeah. But it was just very long for very little plot point. It was very long. My favorite part was the scene in Mexico where, like, she shows up and Gavin's, like, furious with her. Like I loved that bit because it's like it's it's the bits that have like the great sexual tension. I reckon. Oh, he's, like, he's like the bit with the like uh, get your the, bag, get car. in the car. I actually like yeah, that. He's like, oh, get yeah, in the car. That was a and good she, scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's like he's like speeding, and she's like, Gavin, slow down. And he's like, I'm so fucking angry at you. I'm dead yeah. inside. You have killed me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I honestly yeah. forgot about all of that because the book was so long that I forgot what happened at the beginning of the second half, because, the second like, book. The rest of the book is so tame compared to that moment, I think. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The whole thing's like very, yeah. But that scene, that was fucking good. And then like when she, when he like leaves her as well, like she goes back to her hotel and she's like about to leave because she's like, fuck it, I fucked it all up. And then he shows up and then they have like real hot sex. It's real good. <laughs> um, Least favorite part of Pulse, guys. <laughs> I feel like we will kind of discuss this to a point. Which is that Pulse really just should not have existed. Yeah, <laughs> the plot. The plot was shit. Thing. The random pregnancy Ooh. thing. Yeah, yeah, it was just... All we needed was those first few chapters of Mexico. And that was also, it. and an epilogue. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure there isn't a paternity test that you can take so early in a pregnancy. Well, apparently like, Mori Povich sure. knows about it. That doesn't yeah, exist. That was a right? weird 
Thank you. Bit as well for her best friend to be like, oh, by the way, I called them Mori Povicha because you don't know who your baby daddy is. Yeah. Like with her friend who's like traumatized from her abusive ex like ex boy from a relationship, thinking that she might share a child with him. Like that's like fucking weird. That would that's never happen in real life. Karma, man. But yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure the whole uh, there's thing like was just fucking bizarre. There's just like no science that can that can determine the father of a child without it being born yet. There the is the amniofluid I... one. Yeah, there is that the you can do. Yeah, there is the amniofluid. I don't think either there's just a blood test. I don't there know. isn't. But Mari Povich I've never made heard it of up. Because like, how are you getting the blood from the baby? Like, you got to really get in there. No, it was saying you that know. there was blood already circulating the mother from the baby. That's just like not. No, it's not. That's just not how that works. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. But I think the other thing that I didn't like was that weird blackmailing scene in the in the diner. Oh, where they like try to turn the tables tables yeah. on Dylan. It and Dylan's seemed... like, I want access to everything. And, and um... I want to watch you in pain when you give birth. Like yeah. that. Oh, scene yes. for the delivery. That bit, that I bit, hated yeah. that so much because it was like that is just so violently aggressive. And it's yeah. unnecessary. Mm. Like that's just Do that's you know pure evil. Yeah. And I hated it. Do you know what, um do you know what else I didn't like about actually it's sort of like Pulse and collide. I don't like how much Emily cries, <laughs> and she she cries when she's happy. She cries when she's sad. Do you know how many times she cries while having sex with Gavin I'm because she loves him so much? Do you do you cry during sex? Like, do tears of like do do you get so overwhelmed that tears slip from your eyes? As no, your but I'm the sort of you? person who like if I watch an ad and there are puppies in it or something, then I'll be crying. Or if like somebody wins an Olympic medal, I'm crying. Or if there's something <laughs> sad, I'm crying. Like I'm a huge cry. I cry when I'm angry and like I want to hold it in. And the worst thing is to be an angry crier because the other person thinks that they've upset you and they think that they've won. But really, you're just so angry that you can't keep the emotions in. <laughs> I'm a cryer. I couldn't. I couldn't continue if someone was crying while we were having sex. No, I, I could. would instantly turn me off. I mean, no, I just go talking. <laughs> 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 Don't look at me. Just turn around. Let's look at Let's like, If they're doing a good job, I would be like, benefit of the doubt, go from behind. Dude, yeah, I'd be like concerned. Mm. Oh, the other right. thing that I didn't like, there's a lot, was the fucking mushy shit. Like it was so oh, over so the cheesy. top. Like it was just, it was uncomfortable. It was sickly. Yeah, it was sickly like, sweet. It was, it was a lot. Like the amount of times that they, the amount of different fucking the, like, words just, like, that they random. used to tell each other that they loved each other. But like the random mm. like fucking like monologues they've had where they'd be like, I want to kiss you in the rain. I want to kiss you on bad days. I want to kiss you on good days. That's what I'm talking about. I just, I couldn't. And yeah. it just happened over and over and over again. There were like just so many scenes that repeated themselves. And I feel like the mushy scenes are a great example of that because she was obviously just trying to just type words to fill the book. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Right. Because they were just fucking talking at each other about how much they loved yeah. each other instead of actually having a conversation. It was just a lot of talking at each other about how yeah. obsessed they are. Like, yeah. get a fucking grip. Nobody yeah. loves each other that much. Like, I'm sure he's got a bad fucking habit, like leaving skid marks in his undies or some shit. Like, <laughs> you can't tell me that you don't fucking argue about shit and you're just standing there staring in each other's eyes going... 
you're the best thing that ever happened to me. And if I lived another day without <laughs> you, I think I'd fall over and cry when I'm looking at puppies in a video. Like, fuck <laughs> off. Just, it what was unnecessary. Favorite, what were our favorite sex scenes? There were just so many. That's what there I was going to say. I, was just so many, like, I, just I have a top two. Got I have the head because two. I don't even remember any of them because there were just so fucking many. Yeah. Or maybe right, the so first time they the, fucked after she um after she found out that she could have sex. That he found out she could uh, have that, sex. Uh, that one was kind of like that one was like kind That's of the okay only for one me, that I, I reckon <laughs> um the Mexico one on the hood of the car when he starts to like finger her on the side of the road. That's hot. Real good. That's real hot. And the second one was the day before she finds out she's pregnant Christmas dinner at her sister's house and she's up on the balcony in the dark and she's like he's got her like up on her on his lap with her legs spread and he's like finger fucking her until she comes but there's like no barrier she's like they're on the balcony like in front of the beach and just because it's dark it's like this weird like exhibitionism one you anyway, love no, exhibitionism I just get behind it there was like a lot they of like go into that you need to have a look at what's going on with that because think, every like, single time we come up with a sex scene you're all about the exhibitionism yeah, see, I feel like in my um, safe fantasy life, I enjoy it. In real life, I would be so – I would be like a ball of tension. There would be no <laughs> – there'd be no getting into me. I would be tight with anxiety. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We're going there now, apparently. <laughs> what about you, Betty? Have you got some? It's just a lot. Was, there was, like, too much finger fingering for me. I'm just, like, not There a was a lot of fingering. I don't, really I don't mind have. a bit of fingering. Yeah. In my books. Where, is our, where have our lives come to that we question the amount of fingering <laughs> in a book? <laughs> Sometimes I just sit back and I think, fuck, I've had the strangest conversations this week. Yeah. Yeah. It's always with you guys. Yeah. I just don't like it. I don't no, like I it personally. You. I don't like reading about it. Mm. It's not my preference. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. After, but- I feel like after Collide, I would have been open to definitely reading some more of the author's books. But after Pulse, I honestly don't ever want to read another book by the author. Oh, that's that's heavy. That's, I thought I was heavy before. I know that's heavy. <laughs> but that's just, I just don't think I can do it. Fair. I'd have to do some research. Mm. Kalai got like a really high rating on Goodreads and shit as well, which is part of the reason why I picked it. But from now on, I need somebody else to like double check my choices. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, thank you. No, I don't like your books either. No, I'm double checking if they're fucking duets or not, you wally. Don't be such a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) The fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) All right. I love you. Well, I think... I love you. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Bethany. I need to order some Uber Eats, guys. I'm fucking hungry. I'm getting hangry yeah, up in here. That was like a – that actually, like, we unpacked a lot about that book. We went, like, a lot further into it than I was expecting, and now I'm really tired. Yeah, we did a lot of thinking. Well, that's we did. interesting. We did. A lot of thinking for a <laughs> That's Tuesday. a first for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am going to wrap up the episode. I'm going to wrap up the episode. (laughs) I am going to wrap up the episode because next episode, next weekend, 
we will be talking to the amazing Honey Andrews. So excited. A relatively new indie author, pretty good friends with Ola. You would I'm have heard her name being mentioned a few her. times. She's one of my favorite people she's, on the planet. She's an absolute riot and her books for a young woman who has just written her first couple of books they are amazing they are incredible well i actually haven't read the second one yet i've only read her first one but it was amazing so i'm expecting big things from her second book i think you should i've read some of her second book and the writing in it i was like honey you're fucking killing it babe oh my god but yeah she's a definite talent definite rising star to look out for so please join us next week where we will be interviewing her and no doubt it will devolve into craziness like yeah it 100 percent will. okay everybody thank you so much for listening bye bye thank you for listening to girls who read porn Follow us at Girls Who Read Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for all business inquiries, please send us an email on girlswhoreadporn at gmail.com. Art created by Jessica Wanny and music made by Dane Forgy Stevens. See you next week and stay smutty, team.